0: Hey, team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt on here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. <laughs> My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to get back and support the Eternal Optimist community, Go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist, It's Never Too Late, and you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. another episode of the eternal optimist podcast and today my guest is special his name is Roderick Lindhart and Roderick I am excited to be here with you today you were referred by someone that I really love Amber Vilhauer who was on the show last year or so super high expectations today no pressure <laughs> how do you respond to pressure Roderick
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate what it's thrown at right in my face that's that's what I like the best so rock and roll buddy rock and roll
0: <laughs> rock and roll what well, I figure we start with that. have a little fun with it because I just found out a minute ago that Roderick and I have something in common. We both come from a Cutco background. So I'd love to start there for a moment and just ask you about when you think about your origin story and back in the day selling Cutco, being around that, what was your experience with Cutco back in the day? Oh, man. You know, so I've been in some form of sales my whole life. I mean, since
1: I was just a little kid selling golf balls back to golfers or selling candy at school, you know, name it. I was always had that hustler mentality. And I started with Cutco in college, like most people and worked my way up to be an ADM and trainer and such. But it was one of those things that was so easy to sell. And I still unabashedly tout the quality of Cutco to people. And it's you know, 20 years later, I mean, I've got my ultimate set sitting on the counter now. And it's just, I tell people all the time, you don't sell from your head, you sell from your heart. I had a long conversation with Jason Mark Campbell last week about this. It's not sales when you believe in the product. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I know it's good. I hope you think it's good. I'm going to tell you all the reason it's good. And then you're
0: going to buy or you're not. That's sales to me. Mm, couldn't agree more, man agree more it's not sales you believe in the product i love that i love that mentality it's like i don't feel i am a professional salesman i educate and inform people on something i really believe in and i love that we have this belief well so Roderick, i'm going to give you a moment to think of this i'm going to ask you to share three bullet points three bullet points a snapshot of three things it's helpful for us to know as we engage in this conversation today and then we'll dive into the deep stuff. So what are three bullet points, three things that might help us to frame our experience of Roderick today? Hey, man, that is a tough
1: one. I was in a TEDx mastermind a couple of weeks back, and you have to put your speech into 12 minutes, and then you have to put your speech into three words, and then you have put it into one word. I think it was, was it Mark Twain that said, I apologize for the long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one.
0: That's great. That's great.
1: Yeah, that would be it. Three bullet points. So I've got this book coming out in September, and I'll give you the long-winded answer on these three bullet points. The book started out as I sold my last business last June, and it took six months off, went around the world for the second time. I wasn't going to do anything. I was just going to work on hot rods and do woodworking and live off my rental properties and call it a life. And I decided to write this book. And it was just going to be me interviewing my... Kind of like you do on this show. Just me interviewing my entrepreneur buddies around the world about what makes them tick. What was the secret sauce? What was it that got you over the humps of entrepreneurship, of which there are many? And it turned into this much bigger thing. That's how I got introduced to Amber, our mutual connection. So it turned into this much bigger thing. I'm now very, very... out of and putting a lot of steam and energy and money behind to make it great. That's bullet point number one. And it's it's that cliche we hear, but if something is worth doing, it's worth doing well. That has been my ethos for my entire life. I don't care how simple the task is that I'm going to take time out of my life. I'm going to do a good job at it, or at least the best job, my definition of a good job. Other people might not like it. and I'm okay with that. But I know I did a good job. So that'd be number one. Number two is an easy one. It's a quote I use often. I have it tattooed on my person. And it's a Thoreau quote. And it is, the cost of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. So let that sink in Mm -hmm. on your past 30, 40, 50 years. I very much live by that. And that has led to some really tremendous life experience. The last one would be, I think I'll give you some background, short background. You know, I think people, they're afraid of change or they think they're afraid of change, but they're afraid of being wrong. It's not necessarily the change or whatever the direction is that they're going. They're afraid of that direction being the wrong one. And that's what keeps them from taking that first step into whatever whatever it is health relationship business doesn't matter what it is and ultimately that's what we build with the waves method which is in my book is we build that tool to give you that confidence to take the next step in anything you're doing in life and we'll talk more about that but that's my three bullet points on a hot sweaty day in
0: rome that's that's an exceptional place to start thank you for giving us some context, Roderick. So let's dive into our first question I like to ask every guest is what is the most challenging thing that you've endured and or overcome in your life to date? I appreciate most hosts, myself included, do not give questions ahead of
1: time because I like that visceral response in the moment, you know, you think of it. And I thought about this one quite a bit. My initial response, I lost my mom unexpectedly a couple of years back. She was hands down my best friend at the same time, I went through a really nasty divorce. And I wasn't given the space to grieve the death of my mom, because every day I had to deal with the divorce. And I'm sure plenty of listeners out there can feel what that is like. So it was like this delayed response, right? So I would have went with that. That would be that was a really challenging thing for anyone to go through. But to do both at the same time, was a lot, but I will tell you, like most things in life, and you know, I've been from zero. I started with zero dollars. $0. You know, went from zero to a million and back to zero, and back to millions again. And I've done all those kind of cliche business things, but it's always a lesson. And if you if you look at it, I try to reframe what I'm doing now and the stage I'm putting myself on. And if I didn't have to go through this kind of extreme, childish, petty negativity of the divorce. My own inner critic, my own saboteurs would have
0: kept me from the mission I'm on now. Wow. So, yeah, the way I interpret it is that the saboteurs that showed up, you may have needed those to get you back to your purpose or to really go through the ringer, so to speak, to really prepare you to really be on purpose is what I feel. Yeah.
1: So that's probably the most recent thing. But if we have time, I'll give you a little background on kind of where where the WAVES method came from that is the central focus of the book. So my book's called Million Dollar Flip-Flops, Peace, Prosperity, and the Courage to Change Course in Life and Business. In it, there's personal stories, there's anecdotes, there's successes and lots of failures. Really, it's the WAVES method. And we can talk about that later. But you know, if you go back to when I was a kid, and again, I was that hustler kid that figured out how to make his own money really early on. I wasn't going to work for chores. I was like, I need a bike tomorrow. How do I get it now? You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> brainstorming the ways to go find golf balls at the end of the street or to have mom take me to Sam's Club so I could resell candy at school, name what it is. And by the time I'm in college, I already have two full fledged operations going. And I'm selling Cutco by my junior in (laughs) college. So I have all three things happening. And as a junior, senior in college, I am crushing it. You know, like you said before we started, you know, you're making more than your teachers selling (laughs) Cutco. So I've got that. I've got an automotive performance arts company I had started, and that was wholesaling car audio and home theater equipment on that new thing called eBay, the wild west of the internet. So fast forward, I went to University of Toledo, left there two days after graduation, moved to Charleston, South Carolina. I remember telling my mom, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm not doing it in the snow. And I packed up everything I had and moved to the palm trees. About two years after I moved, I ended up getting a job. And this is a very important piece of this story. Because if you look at my top three values, they're you know, freedom, autonomy, and connection. So a job really does not fit with who I am as a person. I was working for a Fortune 100 builder as a new home sales counselor, and absolutely crushing it. I'm first place in every division they put me in. Doesn't matter. I'm flying up to Santa Barbara, trips with the CEO, dinner with Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Just could buy anything I wanted, do anything I wanted, go anywhere I wanted. Company stock match, 401k, nana. Hold
0: on, time out, time out. What, what dinner with Kareem Abdul Jabbar? That's the. Hold on a second. Yeah, what was that like? Having dinner was, with that Kareem. That sounds pretty did.
1: cool. That's, that was just one of the things we did. But here's here's the point of all that. I hated my life. I woke up every day with a sinking, "Is this all there is?" feeling. When you talk about the challenges, that's the biggest one I've ever had to overcome. It was digging myself out of that hole. And then having friend groups, I basically went through a midlife crisis at 24 years old. Most people, they're 40, 50 years old. They've been working their way up this imaginary ladder They get there, and they go, "Well, shit, what do I do now? This is it." This, they told me this was it. They told me this was the banana man. Like this, I was going to get here. I was going to be happy, and I did that at you know 24 years old. I quit that job. I dove back into the books that I. I've you know, been a kind of nonfiction nerd my whole life. By the time I was 24, I'd probably already read 200 plus books. I dove into those to build myself a system to dig myself out of that hole I found myself in, and it was just for me. And it was a system that I ran every decision I made for the rest of the last twenty years through. And here I am, forty-two, financially independent. I don't have to do anything tomorrow. So the system worked. <laughs> yeah, I've also been to fifty countries on six continents. I've lived a a life I'm very I'm very proud of, very happy with. I always say, if I died tomorrow, I had a really good run. That's ultimately. Matt, what I put in the book was what I did to get to that place where I had this decision filter that let me know that my next decision, whether it was business, relationship, hobbies, it didn't matter what it was, was right and was on purpose and was getting me closer to who I wanted to be as a person. And I don't think we're we're not taught to think that way. That's what I wanted my legacy to be. So that's why my little 99-page ebook turned into this massive operation. I believe that With a big enough why anyhow is possible. My why is I've got my EF shirt on. My why is to send a million kids abroad in my lifetime. So I have a foundation called Send a Student Leader Abroad. And we are partnered with EF Tours, $7 billion leader in travel, if you're familiar with EF. And so everything I do, the book, the courses, the journal, everything that million dollar flip-flops is, is donated. 100% of the profits of all of my companies are donated to the foundation.
0: Mm, mm, wow, to send a million kids abroad. Wow. yeah, amazing. So how did you end up on that? Why is that so passionate of a mission to you to send a million kids abroad? So my mom, you know we we grew up with nothing. I grew up in a little one bath house
1: on a real busy road in Michigan. My mom sent me on a trip with EF when I was twelve years old that she did not have the money to send me on. And it completely changed my worldview. I went from there is no them, there's only us. And it inspired my passion for travel. That's why I've been to so many places. I mean, I've literally been to the far ends of the earth. It all started in that trip. You know, I'm in Rome now. And I'm basically recreating right now the trip that I did when I was 12. I went to London, Paris, and Rome when I was 12 years old. I'm doing that same trip now. I'm exactly 30 years (laughs) to the day almost. But uh, I'm doing it backwards. We're starting in Rome. I'm going to the Halt Prize World Summit in Paris on the 22nd. So I'll be with EF at that. And then finishing in London, then probably head back home. But my mom sent me on that trip that she couldn't afford. And that's exactly what we want to do for these kids. So ultimately, how it works is it's a matching grant. And the teachers identified school specific. The teachers identify the kids. The kids apply. And we work with them in a coaching capacity to kind of instill that hustle and how can we earn money? And you want to get their buy in, you don't just want to give them 4000 bucks and say, have a good time. Our hope is that it's two things come out of it, Matt. They understand that there's somebody in the world that cares about them that they don't even know. And they have hopefully the same experience I did. And they bring that conversation back to a community that might otherwise not be having that conversation. I always say, imagine if. Everyone, when they were 18, they leave high school and they have to volunteer for a year internationally and experience another culture. How different would our world be?
0: That's an amazing question. I don't know how my world or now your story, how your world would be different if we did not have the ability or the privilege or just somehow our parents sacrificed so we could go abroad. That changed my life as well when I was 21. So you did it at 12. Well, I wonder what would happen. What might happen? You tell me. This is your vision. What are you hoping or what you've envisioned might happen?
1: Well, without getting too far off the radar here, if you look at our history, it's a history of who we're taught to hate. We're taught to hate the English. and We're taught to hate the French. And we're taught to hate, hate the Mexicans. And we're taught to hate the Russians. And, we're ta- and if you asked 100 people if they know anybody in that country, they'd all raise their hand and say, oh, no, but I know I'm supposed to hate them. It's just because they've never left their town or never left. Certainly people that they grow up in America, like, and this is not to knock Americans, but it's, you know, you go anywhere else in the world, it opens up your eyes. And you start to realize, to my point, there's no them. There's only us. You know, there's when I started on eBay all those years ago, they had their slogan was, you know, we believe that everyone is inherently good. That was eBay's purpose was that you're going to mail me money. I'm going to mail you this thing and you're not going to screw me. And for billions and billions of people, that's how it works. When you start to realize we're all the same, man, we all want the same things. We all just want a better life for the people after us. You know, we all just want our kids to go to school. We all want to have a nice dinner with our friends. I mean, everywhere in the world I've been, everyone's the same. There's very few people out there that Dislike you for any reason.
0: I'd love to center it back because I've got so many questions. Let's come back to where we were the vision, the mission to send a million kids abroad. You're sharing this with us. And then you start talking about your decision filter and how you came to this filter of freedom, autonomy, connection is part of your values. Those are the core values and they're present in your decision filter. You talk million dollar flip flops. You went from zero to a million, back to zero. How did you go back to zero? Put all my money in real estate. What could go wrong?
1: (laughs) Oh, when I left corporate America and started my own company again, I put all my money into houses in multiple cities thinking, you know, in hindsight, I would have been better off just having a big party for four years. You know, I'd have the same amount of money, but a lot more, a lot more fun. But instead it was I had spec houses going and rentals and I just I got caught up with everybody else in the oh eight oh nine and that was another driver for putting the waves method together. That's what builds this decision filter. But you know, I knew guys that they were so deep they killed themselves. You know, they're not here anymore. Guys I ran with in Charleston that were developers and you hate to tie your identity To stuff or things or money or who people think you are, your ego. But that's exactly where I was when I was 24, 25 years old. That's why I knew I could never go back there again. That's why I left that job. That's what you know, it was it was all of those things. Kind of to answer the second part of that, what the waves method is, it's really a deep dive into yourself. It gives you this decision filter, but you don't want to put the systems together when you're making, in the middle of making a big decision or in some kind of crisis. You kind of want to be even keeled while you go through this work. And I'll go through them real fast, but W is your why. So, you know, your passionate why. Why do you get up every day other than a paycheck? And when I'm in my private practice and I ask people that question and they start to answer, I say, whoa, it can't involve money, power, or notoriety. Now, give me the answer again. And that's how we start to develop your why. And then the A in waves is authenticity. And the reason I put that second is because I know you've probably experienced this as well. But if I'm going through a values exercise with a client, or I was in a live workshop last week, and you watch it happen over a two-hour span, somebody starts listing out their values. And I use the example of a mother. A mother may be a business owner, she may be all these other things. And she's going to put family as one of her values whether family is a top value for her or not. And until you have someone calling you on that, and I'm like a toddler in those sessions, I'm like, why? Why? And then they answer, why? And then they answer, why? And then you get, well, I guess it's not a top value. Then that's fine. It's okay to be selfish. This is for you. This is your life we're talking about. And we're designing your life so that we're filling your cup so you can fill everyone else's cups, your kids included. You know, it's very important that you are the person you were here put here to be. So that's why authenticity is such a big piece of it. And we have exercises stuff we go through. But just recognizing that you're doing this for you, not your husband, not your kids, not your pastor, not your parents, not your business associates. It's for you. And then we go into values. And that's the huge core of this. And we look at them, we look at them again, we start to group them, we start to rank them, we start to give them life. And we build this list and the E in waves is exploration. So you go out into the world and you live with this kind of loose fitting why we've developed and these values. And they're not perfect yet. They're still a work in progress. And in the highs of your life, man, my day is going great. This is amazing. You pull out your list. What values am I honoring right now that are the cause for my day to be amazing? And then when, when things are going, it's everything's shit and nothing's working out. And why, why am I doing this? You pull out that values list and picture me, 24 years old, sitting in a model home, making piles of money, but I have no freedom, no autonomy and no connection. I see four people a week in a 40 hour week. The rest of the time I'm by myself. How in God's great earth would I ever think that would work for me as a human being? It didn't matter how much you paid me. So that's why I left that job. That's why I was so miserable. Until you take the time to recognize these things, I like to say people go through their life and they react, 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 die. They don't know why they made any decision for 50 years. This prevents that. Wow. So the S in waves is your, your statement of purpose.
0: Amazing. I'm floored by what you just said. People would just go through life, 50 years, react, 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 die, and they never take time to come up and actually ask why and then press themselves again, why? And then again, why? And I love the way that you do that because... My personal testimony to a process similar to yours, and I I love the wave method, I love it, because authenticity, when I did this exercise some years ago, it listed out my values, I instinctively said, of course, optimism, gratitude, family. And then I looked down into it, and I wanted to say that. It felt like, yeah, that makes sense. That checks the box. It really wasn't a core value. It's me expressing my core values through my family was probably more of the more of the angle. I totally relate with what you're sharing. I'm so glad that you are there to ask the deeper question. Please continue. I just wanted to honor you for that because that is that's great <laughs> no, wisdom. Thank you, thank
1: you, thank you. The S is just your statement of purpose, and that is. All the other work we've done, you know, and when I'm with a private client, we're doing this over maybe a 12 month period in a workshop. Obviously, it's faster. And we have courses and stuff that will run you through this process and accountability groups so you can get called on some of the BS. You know, you can share what you've come up with. But the statement of purpose is really that two to three sentence. If you're from the sales world, it's your elevator pitch. It is who am I? Why do I show up in this world? And who do I want to become at the end of it? And if you live every day by these things, and imagine you're making a decision, let's say in your case, you know, do I want to keep doing this podcast? And we do a year from now, future visioning of, well, what does a day without the podcast look like? Well, you can put down a pros and cons list, or you can ask your wife or you know, whatever. But when you have your values you've been working on for six months, and you go, which one of these does keeping doing this podcast check off? Does it match my why? Does it match my statement of purpose? Well, then I'm going to keep doing it. It makes decisions really easy. And that's kind of how we started off the talk was it's people aren't afraid of change. They're afraid of making the wrong decision. And you know, I don't know if you know Xander Fryer, but I was just out with him in Hawaii. We both have the same coach, but he did a great TEDx talk. And it was, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And well, we would all do tremendously different things if we knew the answer was always right and that's what i'm getting at with this waves method. that's what i've done for the last 20 years i was sitting on a beach in thailand and i looked i was kind of in middle retirement mode and i looked over at nicole and i said you know we got to give it all away she had no idea what was going on right she's just drinking a smoothie reading a book and meanwhile i'm sitting here thinking of what i need to do with all this information in my head and that's that's how all of this started how <laughs> it all began mm. well
0: i Who's Nicole, by the way, for some context? Nicole's my my partner. So
1: she is the CEO of Send a oh. Student Leader Abroad. Yeah. And then I'm million dollar flip flops, but we do oh, we do fantastic. everything together.
0: Yeah. I love the last two questions you've thrown out. What might a day without this podcast look like? I love that. I even love it even on a higher level, a question you asked during the exploratory exploration phase of the E, what values am I honoring right now? With the actions I'm taking or with how I'm living. I love that. Can you state that question again and go a little bit deeper in that particular question, please?
1: Sure. So typically, if we're working together long term and say we're one-on-one, and we're not just in a two-hour work We've taken your values over several weeks to even build a list. And if you'll find that if you ask someone what their values are, they're going to come up with two or three. If you give them a list of 100, they'll come up with 20 or 30. Well, 20 or 30 values can't be actionable. I can't think about 30 values every day and how, how does Matt well live his life today? You know, here's the 30 things I got. That's you know, impossible. So we group them together and we start to rank them by importance. So you rank them inside their group and then you rank them by importance. So I've already shared what my top three are. Any decision I make, it's got to meet, you know, freedom, autonomy, and connection before I'm even going to look if it matters to hit the rest of them. And it's because I've spent a lot of time thinking about those and deducing them. But as a new client who's never thought about these things, and if you think about less than 2% of people who apply to work with me one-on-one have a statement of purpose. They don't have a personal mission statement. All of their businesses have mission statements. But they why don't they have a mission statement for their life? You know. So anyway, you've built these values over time, and you have a really strong list that identifies who you are. My folks will either write them down or they'll have them in a reminders list on their phone they'll just be having a shit day and I'll get a text of them holding their list next to them. And they'll be like, this is why it was terrible. And it's all the, all the things that they're not honoring on the list. And for me, buddy, that is, you want to talk about chills. When I get a message like that, I mean, it is watching those light bulbs go off for people and they will, they will never look at their life the same. They will absolutely never look at their life the same once they have this information. It's just such a powerful thing to be a part of. I coached baseball in Charlotte for about a decade, and I had half a dozen boys go off and play Major League Baseball. We had a really high level program. And they would catch me on the street walking around Charlotte sometimes, and they'd, oh, Coach Roderick, Coach Roderick. And they, you know, they'd catch up on what they're doing. And they would share some nugget that you gave them when they were 12, 13 years old that completely changed their trajectory. They had thought about it every day since, and you don't even remember saying it the power to be able to impart that kind of, just little stuff man on somebody else's life like that's what we get to do every day as coaches good coach it's such a powerful thing for me people ask what my why is like i get to watch change on the million dollar flip flop side of my business as a coach and running these courses and workshops and live events etc that's my juice you know it's not the money i donate all the money i'm not here for the money i'm here to watch that happen that light bulb go off for me is supreme energy and then all that money gets donated to send a student leader abroad and we get to send these kids and watch their light bulbs go off at such a young age. Like, it's this, I call it this, like, circular change wheel I'm on. You know, this it's just such a fun thing to be a part of.
0: I'm getting a little bit of the chills right now, too, because every once in a while you get that student, that athlete, that client that comes back years later and shares the impact that you had with them. And that's golden, man. That's a big feeder. That just gives me so much energy. It gives me goosebumps thinking about a couple of those. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. How do we get the book? How do we learn this WAVES method? Where do we get the book? I'm super curious. I want to get one now. How do I go and get it today? So
1: milliondollarflipflops.com. And that will link you off to all the socials. You can get a hold of me there. The book releases September 12th and we're going to be doing a bunch of live stuff, me and Amber and a handful of other people, EF, etc. But September 12th, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can buy a book, you'll be able to buy it on September 12th.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Put me on that list. Cause I want to promote it. I love the thing that really connected me. It can mean a couple things. Hey, you're, you're Cutco. So we're like brothers for life. So I love that. I love that you're able to get to a place where your filter is, am I living my values right now? Am I driven by these values, this purpose? And, and I love that because I feel that the statement you made, people react, 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 wake up 50 years later and die, I feel that's where most are. Without any judgment, without any, I know more than you, It's it's there's nothing, that's not our purpose in this discussion. It's to share this place that when we are able to live value-centered, Live on purpose. We can be really, truly present in every moment and not be on that hamster wheel of reaction, reaction, reaction. It's such a different game. I love that you brought it in such a unique way to share it with others. Can you share a story with us of, I just have to name a client, but a client or one of these these students or kids you've had an experience with that did come back to you later and say, this made a major impact in my life. Can you share one of those impact stories with us, Robert? Oh, man, let me group clients into,
1: into something because it might versus picking out a singular one, because th- this is something that as an entrepreneur, I lived this way. And I had multiple businesses, you know, online brick and mortar service products and multiple different multimillion dollar businesses. But I lived all of them in a very specific way that I like to say I could have made lots more money, but I would have had a lot less life. What I see primarily my one-on- one work is with other entrepreneurs, small business under five is kind of my niche. but something that I didn't I didn't necessarily see coming was that as I'm working with these people, and we use the waves method as kind of ground zero, you know that's what we're building so that when you say, "I'm thinking about doing this, what do you think? we go back to these core principles. It's not about what I think. It's about who are you really and who do you want to become? It has nothing to do with me and it shouldn't have anything to do with anyone else. The thing that I found, I'm getting to the punchline here. The thing the I found most interesting is that most of them want to get smaller. And that is not a headline driver. It's all about scaling and exiting and the next million and the next 10 million. And that's not what I find people at their core want. They want their time freedom back. They had this idea of what being an entrepreneur was going to be. And they're 3 years, 5 years, 10 years in, and they have a job. And if they leave that job, it implodes. And that's not a business. You're just an employee at your own company. What I find myself co-creating with these folks is not a path to the next 10 million. It's a path to more time with my kids. It's to not missing the t-ball game. It's to being there to be able to hold my grandma's hand in her last days. It's it's that.
0: It really resonates because that's exactly what... I want to, is that time to be able to invest it with the people I care about most. It reminds me of when I was reading Tools of Titans, Christmas 2016, my wife gave it to me. Like the first chapter in there, Tim talks about watching that TED video with BJ Miller. And I've shared that with everyone that I know, that one that he gracefully helps people pass into the next life in hospice care. And no one says, I wish I made more money necessarily, or I wish I spent more time working. It's all, I wish I had more time with the people I loved. And I love that you've fast forwarded to get to values to discover that with people because that's what I'm really feeling right now. I'm feeling that I'm talking to a master of understanding and living that. If someone wants to hire you to coach them, how would they do that? How do we connect with you for that, Roderick? I live what I uh, preach, and I only
1: work with six clients at a time. And I will forever only work with six clients at a time. So there's other ways you can kind of engage with what we do, engage with me. You know, say you go through one of our courses online. They're a self paced course that takes you through the Waves method. There's some time in there where you can kind of upgrade to time with me. But ultimately, there's an accountability room that's open every Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And if you've gone through the course, you show up. I'm there. Other people who are going through the course are there. And it's this place where it's like-minded folks on this same journey. I know one of the most challenging things for me when I was 24, 25 years old was who do I hang out with now? Once you have these kind of, I don't want to call it an epiphany, but it's, my friends do not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. I will tell them what my experience is. But like we started off saying, it's, I'm not here to sell you on anything. Maybe it's not right for where you are on on your journey, but I need to be surrounded by people who understand where I'm headed. And that's what we provide in those rooms. You know, so right now I literally have one coaching spot available. And if it lasts through the week, I would be surprised. But there's other ways we can
0: connect and uh, be a part of each other's lives for sure. Mm. If you're on social media, where might we, you know, connect or learn more about you and, and follow you there? At? Million dollar flip-flops on every channel. Oh, excellent. Super easy. Super
1: easy. And then uh, I've got a live event coming up in November too. So if folks want to show up and do a Waves Workshop live, and there's some other things that weekend that Amber is putting together. So that is still in the works. But if you're on the mail list, you'll be the first ones to find out about that. And I think at least on my side, it's only going to be about 10 spots. But it's in Austin, November 8th, 9th, and 10th.
0: Austin, Texas, eighth, 9th, and tenth. So you've also got at Million Dollar Flip Flops and all the social channels. I'm going to go to Instagram as soon as we finish up and start following you there. And you talk about a mailing list. How might we get on your mailing list to, to be informed of your book, of future events? How do we do that? MillionDollarFlipFlops.com. It'll pop up. Says join right at the top. Or if you come in
1: through, say, the private coaching or the courses or Karma class, those kind of things, it'll put you into that group so you'd be notified accordingly.
0: Mm. I think about so many people hear this and they are somewhat curious. They don't know how to do what we're talking about. And it sounds good. Just if I'm on the bench, what's the simplest, easiest advice or how might I get started? If I'm on the bench and I want to play the game with you, just I'm a little nervous about it. Let me put it to you this way.
1: If anything you and I just talked about is resonating with someone, I would... Ask them to ask the question. When they get to the end of their life, do they want to look up at their loved ones and say, what if my whole life was wrong? If that's terrifying to you, as it is to me, you definitely want to engage with this type of thing, whether it is me or my book or my courses or anything. There is more of us out there kind of preaching this thing, right? Living your purpose. I just urge everyone, if you connect with someone, just take that next step. because. I'm terrified of being 75 and saying, what if my whole life was wrong? You know, the easiest way to dip your toe in, start following on social media. See if anything anything resonates with you. Pick up a $20 book, invest a few hours. And saw a really interesting stat the other day about the wealthy versus, call it middle class. Just their reading habits. How most wealthy are just voracious readers. There was a crazy stat that most people... So like 83%, I mean, just some astronomical number, never read a book after high school.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's our opportunity as thought leaders to help expand Absolutely. that and, and certainly connecting with Roderick. And the milliondollarflipflops.com is going to be a way to do that and to get his book. By the time we air this episode, it's going to be the middle of September to late September. So the book will just be coming out. It'll be a great opportunity to get the book. Roderick, this has been awesome. Thank you for taking time out of your 30-year anniversary trip to Rome. Thank you. It's been great to connect. No, I appreciate it, Matt. This was fun. We're not done yet. We are at the lightning round now. Oh, fire away, buddy. Let me get a drink. Machine gun questions. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, first question. First question. You just alluded to it a second ago with reading habits. If there are, let's just say There's one book or several books that are really inspirational to you that have had an impact on you. What might be one to four books that you might recommend for us? Oh, geez. Wayne Dyer,
1: Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. An old, old classic, Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power. Okay. Okay. And I would read The Death of Ivan Illich, which is a Tolstoy book.
0: That is one I'm not familiar with. What does that book mean to you? The Death of Ivan Illich. I, told story. I will tell
1: you, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, on the last page, the main character's name is Ivan, and he is on his deathbed looking up at his wife and says, what if my whole life was wrong?
0: Wow. Wow. Now, not even reading that book, which I'm going to, and going back to the question that you had finished with earlier, that question, what if, that's a painful what if to find out then. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Wow. Team, we still have two more questions. So let's go to music. If there is a type of music or a specific song that fills your cup that gives you energy, what might that song or music be for you? Foo Fighters. Nice, man. We are about the same age. (laughs) I love it. Love the Foo Fighters, brother. Good. And if you don't know Foo Fighters out there, then there's something wrong. Can I tell you a story? Can I tell you a story about the Foo Fighters? Please. Love to. Yeah, man. So,
1: a couple different things, and it all goes back to you know we said earlier if when you have a big enough why, anyhow is possible. I very much walk through open doors, and I trust my gut, and that has led me on crazy adventures, like on Good Morning America having bagels with Drew Brees before the Super Bowl. Foo Fighters related. I've been front row. I don't know how many times for the Foo Fighters, but I was in Mexico City at the St. Regis and got just a tip that they were staying at the St. Regis, went up to the third level bar, spent the night partying with Taylor Hawkins. Now, you know Taylor Hawkins, obviously. So (laughs) we went to the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert at Wembley. Um, 80,000 people, unbelievable. I meet a girl on the Foo Fighters fan forum who was in the city. We ended up with these diamond seats, which was the only ones we could get. It was, I spent way too much money, but I'm a diehard food fighters. Man. But it was dinner and it was backstage. It was all these uh-huh. things. So I ended up befriending this lady and we talked to her and her husband for maybe 30 minutes at the show. A couple of weeks later, she says, give me your number. I'm going to put you and Nicole on a text message group. I'm like, okay, we rented a villa in Tuscany. It's paid for. You just got to show up. It's my 50th birthday. I've spent a half hour total talking to this woman ever. That's where we go tomorrow, Matt. That's why I'm in Rome right now. We're going to that villa in Tuscany. And it's all because I just walked through open doors. There's so many stories like this. And it's, there's, don't get into the crazy van and get your liver removed stories. But this is like, it feels good. I'm going to go for it. See what happens. You're the average, of your five closest friends. You know, you put yourself in rooms with smart people doing smart things. You end up having smart experience.
0: Wow. Thank you for that gem of a story. Wow. And just the wisdom. I think there's so much wisdom in cliches. You said that you many times you just trust your gut. And I genuinely believe that we've got to trust our gut more often and not second-guess ourselves. It may lead us wrong on occasion, overwhelmingly most of the time. Trust your gut, my friends. I love that you said that. And last question. We are on the Eternal Optimist podcast. When I say Eternal Optimist, what might that mean to you, Roderick?
1: When I think of that, I think of Einstein, who said the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is, do you live in a friendly or a hostile universe?
0: I love that your questions and your quotes are making me think. You've made me think a lot today. I love that. It's like my reticular activating system is like going nuts right here because I get to think. I'm loving our conversation because you keep challenging me to think. So I really, really appreciate that. Okay. So now... I will truly go back to the last question, and you have something tattooed on your body, and you shared that to start our discussion today. What was the thing that you shared in the very beginning that you have tattooed? It's really important to you.
1: I know what it is, but I want you to tell me what it is.
0: (laughs) Well, I got my notes now, and I believe I got it right. The cost of anything is the amount of life you exchange for it. That's it. Why? When did you get that tattoo? And what was the motivation behind those exact words when you got it? You remember MySpace? That was the
1: first time I posted that on my profile. So that's how it's on my LinkedIn right now. It's on my Facebook. Like it's, it's always what I have as kind of my statement. And it comes from, I actually got the tattoo fairly recently, but it comes from my mom teaching me at a very young age that time never trade your time for money. This is nothing to knock it. We're just not taught this, but don't be an hourly guy. Never trade your time for money. It's the one thing we can't get any more of once it's gone. And that's why I've lived the life I've had, you know? Thank
0: you. I love the way that your mom has had such an inspiring impact on you. And God, I wish she were here to hear this. I know she's not, but man, just to put honor to your mom for, the struggle, the challenge, growing up poor. And she found a way to help you take the trip that ultimately would change your entire perspective. And it's why we're having this conversation today. It goes back to her sacrifice at that time. And just thank you, Roderick, for sharing yourself with us today. Love you, brother, and appreciate you, man. Thanks no, so much. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the time. This was great.